This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. You can never defeat Satan when you choose to use your life for yourself. You open yourself up to all the works of Satan. All the works. Because he's, he's, you see, there's something he knows that you and I don't know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know it as he's thinking. He knows it for a fact. And that is what happens after death. Do you know it? Do you know what happens after death? I mean, we don't know. Whatever we, we say is what we believe as the Bible has told us. Do you get it? But like the way I know, this is my shirt. I mean, if I see it anywhere, I'll tell you this is mine. The way I know it. I don't know like that what happens after death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Satan knows. So he knows with that fact, he knows what to do. So that when death comes, which he knows will come to all of us, you would have lost. You see, you wouldn't think so. But because of his knowledge of what happens after death, he knows what to do to you here or what to guide you to get yourself attached to, that when death comes, you will lose. I hope you understand the message. Let me say it again. You see, because of the fact that we don't know what happens after death, yes, we know that the body, this body of ours, we drop it in the ground. We pay so much to just drop it in the ground. We could have just thrown it away, but okay, so so away. We pay undertakers and different people. We buy different coffins and all those things just to drop the body on the ground. Do you get it? That we know. But after the body, what else happens to us? Is that all? Are we just our bodies? So, Satan knows that after death, there are things that follow. And being Satan would want you and me to lose. Would want God to lose. Because remember that Satan is fighting. You are not the one Satan is fighting. He's fighting God. No, no, you are not the one Satan is fighting. He's fighting God. Just that you are that thing which belongs to God. That is well within his reach. Secondly, he knows how much God loves you. So if he can attack God, if he attacks you, he knows how God will feel. 
So, okay, that's what God, when I tried the last time, it was a disaster. So let's leave him alone. But I can see that when we were there, the way he talked about these people, this thing that he was creating, the way he was so happy, the way everybody was celebrating and like people were so happy. Hey, he really loves them. So you know what? I can't fight him directly, I'll lose. But let me attack what he's emotionally attached to. And I will cause him a lot of pain. So you happen to be that thing that when touched, God feels it. How do I know? How do I know? How do I know that when you are touched, God feels it? Luke chapter 15. I want to show you something. Luke chapter 15, are you there? Verse 7. Are you seeing what happens in heaven? Are you seeing what happens in heaven? You see, what happens when an event occurs? It tells you. It can give you an information about what will happen when the event doesn't occur. You see, the joy that the birth of a baby, a baby brings tells you the pain when a baby is lost. The joy that happens when a baby is born tells, can tell you what happens when the baby is lost. You know what I'm telling you? So, so you see, the Bible says, I say unto you that likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented more than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now, what is repentance? What is repentance? Repentance is basically, basically, a person who decides that I no longer want to be under Satan. I want to be under God. That's repentance. That's, that's the simplicity of it. That I don't want to be under Satan anymore. I want to be under God. Enough of you, Satan. I'm going back home. That's repentance. The person changed their mind. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So I'm trying to explain to you that from the word of God, we can pick up, even though we don't know what happens after death. Are you with me? Even though we don't know what happened after death for a fact, we know it by faith, but not for a fact. We know it because we believe what God said. We believe what Jesus has said. We believe what his prophets have said. There's no book that tells us about what happens after death. There's no book. 
There's no book apart from the Bible. With all our scientific knowledge and everything, it ends with death. Like once a person dies, we don't know. Our knowledge ends. But Satan knows it. I said, but what? Satan knows it. So his dealings with you and me is in accordance with that knowledge that he has that we don't have. Are you with me? And therefore, the greatest mistake we will make is to do what Satan says we should do, and that is to live for ourselves. That's one of the greatest mistakes we will do. So if you are here as I'm preaching and you are explaining me away, I don't have a problem. You see, my duty is to say what I have to say, not to get you to accept what I have to say. Ah, you have forgotten my, my job description. My duty towards you. There are so nice to see you. My duty towards you, Digger, is to say what I have to say to you, which is the message I have been given to deliver it. Your acceptance of it does not count to the completion of my task. So take note and stop explaining me away. Instead of explaining away whatever I'm saying, rather start thinking about it. That what if it is true? And you see, the reason why you can't see the alternative way of getting the same thing you are looking for is because you have refused to think about what you are being told. Like as I'm telling you that, like most of us, our vision is for money. And therefore, don't, it's not a good vision or it's not the best of visions. You are saying, how is it not the best of vision? How can we live without money? And obviously, meanwhile, if you were to think about it, that you don't have to have a vision for money for you to have money. That, that's your mistake. Your mistake is, unless it is my vision, I will not have it. you can ask the sisters, how many of them have not thought about a boy liking them and they have so many proposals? Ask them. You don't have to think about I want this boy to like me. I want these boys to like me before they can like you. Oh. <laughs> the ones you wish they would like you, have they liked you? Is that not an answer enough that you don't have to think of a boy liking you for the boy to like you? You just have to be yourself. Do you get it? So in the same way, listen, in the same way, you don't have to have money as your vision for you to have money. No, no. In fact, you need certain characteristics that must be present. You would always have money. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You see, sugar is liked by most. I said sugar is liked by most. Because it just has to be sugar. It doesn't have to do anything to be liked by most. It just has to be sugar. It, you see, it just has to retain 
its authenticity that I am sugar. And when I'm tasted, you will taste me as sugar. You'll be liked. So as long as it maintains its quality, it's cool, it will be liked. In the same way, you see, you don't have to have a vision to have money for you to have money. You have to have characteristics that makes you be chosen among the lot. The presence of those characteristics would make you have money even if you don't set your face to have it. Because you will always be preferred in everything. At the workplace, you see, the presence of certain characteristics would make different bosses fight over you. The characteristics of not being lazy, the characteristics of being diligent, the characteristics of not complaining, but always trying to solve problems and overcome difficulties, the characteristics of always being punctual, the characteristics of being calm and relating properly, the characteristics of being humble, it's all you need. Everybody will choose you. So instead of having a vision to be rich, have a vision to have certain characteristics. I, I hope you understand it. I'm teaching you how to be prosperous. Because some of you, when people come into contact with you, they don't like you. I mean, the first few minutes, and some of you, that's the reason why you're not married. Some of you. That you don't, you see, you are not sweet. Look, me, the first time I met my wife, eh, the first time I met her, I've never met her anywhere before. I met her at a friend's place. And she came to sit by us because I, wasn't, I didn't know her. So, but she knew my friend was her classmate and came to sit by us and spoke with us, I mean, chatting for just about 10 minutes. As soon as she got up, I said, ah, this lady is so nice. It's like 10 minutes of chatting. I didn't say this lady is so beautiful. I didn't even check her body shape. I just, and when, we were, when I knew her, she was slimmer. But it didn't, her body shape didn't even bother me. Just the interaction, the personality. Just the personality. I said, mm, this is a nice person. And thereafter, the rest is history. And you see, what I have found also is that over the years, as we have been together, people like her. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is, but she, she, she knows how to relate with people. And I can tell you, if I were to, Father, don't do it. But if I were to die today, I don't think she would struggle to have a, a, a second husband. No, I'm telling God he shouldn't do it. I'm, I'm just using it as an example. He shouldn't implement it. That's not what I'm not confessing it. But what I'm saying, and I know it, I know it. And you see, I don't blame the people that I can see that they like her. I, I don't blame them. Who doesn't like nice things? 
you see, you, you, your, your jealousy, it doesn't make sense. Okay, it doesn't make sense. Is it because you have liked her, others should stop liking her? Oh, I mean, that's how my mind works. That, listen, I mean, if I liked it, whatever make me like it can also make others like it. So it's not a problem. I'm cool. Some of you, you are quarreling with your wife. Why does she, why is he always talking to you? Why is he, I mean, what, what, what sort of nonsense is that? She's a sweet person and everybody likes sweet. Huh? You think I'm going to leave it at the ladies? Ladies, you also must. The, the opposite must be true for you. You like your husband, isn't it? So when other girls like him, what's your problem? The way he slay, he, he slew you is the way he's killing them softly. You should have pity for them. You see, you see, when I was saying about the men, the ladies were okay. When I turn it the other way, I say, no, 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 no. You can't, why, why are you looking at my husband like that? Why, 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 why are you chatting so nice to him like that? <laughs> the girls are dangerous. But who told you the boys are not dangerous? Who told you the boys are not dangerous? <laughs> you have no idea. Pray for yourself. So listen. What was I saying before I came here? What was I saying before I was... Uh-huh, so I'm saying that, I'm saying that, you see, you must aim to develop in you the characteristics that makes you be the favored one, the chosen one. You will be rich. You will have everything you need. Look, there will be people who will do things for you and say, no, it is a privilege that you have a need that I can meet. Oh, yes. But some of us, we, 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 we don't we don't understand this simple thing. And it's like, no, we must aim to have money to do this and all this. Thing. And this, I mean, I, this aiming to have money came about because we all want to live for ourselves. Because, but I'm saying to you that when you live for yourself, you fall right under Satan's power. I said, when you live for yourself, Satan has you fully. Mm-hmm. So remember this. Jesus came. He showed us that here, when you live here, you don't live for yourself. No. What what do I mean by you don't live for yourself? You don't do things and you don't bring, you don't do things to change yourself for your personal benefit. You must do things to change yourself to improve yourself for the benefit of others. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a sure way of overcoming Satan. And it's a sure way of making, of get, I mean, not losing on the day you die. That's a very sure way. 
Are you with me? And this Paul understood very well. Did you get it? Paul understood this very well. And he's lived his life accordingly. We Christians today don't understand it. We don't understand it. So we don't make the necessary adjustments. You know, some of you, you are gifted. God has saved you and has higher plans and purposes for your life to use you for the whole world. But because of yourself, you are hindering God's plans and purposes. You see, one of the things that God had in mind for the Israelites is for them to reflect his glory. The nation Israel, when he started with Abraham, the promise to Abraham was for him. Out, out of Abraham, and nations will come out of him, and he shall be a blessing to the whole world. Now, what made that thing difficult was when they started focusing on themselves. Was when they started focusing on themselves. And, and you see, yesterday I mentioned something. And that is that what brings you or, or what shows your unthankfulness in other words, what shows that you are not thankful to God is when you neglect the only thing that belongs to God in you. How many here can say that I'm thankful to God for my salvation? You are thankful to God for your salvation. How can you say you are thankful to God for your salvation when the only thing that God has in you is not being taken care of? When I give you a gift and you are thankful for the gift, the evidence of that is how you put the gift to use and the care you give to that gift. A gift that you are not thankful for you throw it somewhere oh yeah a gift that you are not thankful for you throw it somewhere you don't mind whether it gathered us you don't even know where it's lying but a gift that is precious and you are very grateful for it you keep it as close to you as possible say that no matter where you are you can give the location of it in your room what is lying next to it because you are always keeping it and watching it. So you cannot say that you are thankful to God for your salvation, for your, for your deliverance from Satan, when the only thing he has in you, which is your spirit, is neglected. I, I don't know how, how else you want me to say this. How can you explain it? How can you explain that you can still be thankful and neglect your spirit. Because God didn't do anything to your flesh. Your flesh was not born again. Your soul was left unattended. It's only your spirit that was dead that was born again. That's the only thing. 
And this is all that he came to do. The, the trouble of coming from heaven to earth. Having to go through the changes and the adjustments. And willingness to go to the cross despite the emotional torture at the time of it was just so that your spirit can be born again. That's all. That's all. He didn't come to build us schools. He didn't come to build us houses, buy us cars and all those. He just came to do this so that your spirit and my spirit can be born again. Now, to neglect our born again spirit and say we are thankful to God for what he came to do, it's, it's, it's a lie. And you see, sometimes you are not, a, you know, sometimes you are speaking a lie, but you are not aware that you are contradicting yourself. And the experienced people will listen to you. They will listen to you and say, look at him. He thinks that, he doesn't know that when he said this, it meant that. So how can you and I say we are thankful to God? Are you with me? And neglect the only thing that God did in us. I'm asking you a question. Ask your neighbor. How's the person sitting by you? I think the question, he's asking you a question. Can you tell me the answer so that I tell him? No, just tell me the answer. I'll tell him for you. You know what? I want us to pray this particular thing. Because painfully, and, and it's out of ignorance. It's out of ignorance because I feel that Satan is aware that if he can get us, crowd our life, with so much and to neglect, to, to bring us to the point where our spirit is neglected, it's enough. Because it is, you see, if God has come to take you from the power of Satan and that, to come under his power, and all that he did in you was to give you a new spirit, it means that whatever his purpose is, is going to be achieved through that new spirit. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You see, I've come to deliver you from the control of Satan. But all that I did in you is to give you a small receptor that will allow me to control how you do things from wherever I am. Now, to neglect the care of that receptor is to make my work useless. It's not to value and appreciate how expensive it is to just come and put the receptor in you. It is by your spirit that God gets to speak to you. Not by your flesh. So as we are seated here and we have neglected our spirits, meanwhile we keep taking good care of our flesh, born again or not born again. We keep taking very good care. 
I mean, some of you, you are angry with your pastor because he likes fasting too much. That's the only, that's the wrong that the pastor has done. The, the only thing why you don't like the pastor was the fasting issues. Otherwise, you like him. It's almost like he's a wicked pastor when he's always asking us to fast. Because then our flesh will be hungry. But you have been fasting your spirit. Your spirit has fasted how many years now? When did your spirit eat the last time? That you can remember that you prepared a table before the enemies of your spirit. And, and, and remember that with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. As you are angry at your pastor for, for, for making you fast, the Lord will also be angry with you at making your spirit fast. At least your pastor makes you fast six to six. You make your spirit fast three years. Even water, you don't allow it to drink. You see, you don't know what you are doing, but Satan knows what you are doing. And he's happy of what you are doing. But we want to break that thing from our lives. I said we want to break that thing from our lives. Because truly, when your spirit, you see, when your spirit matures, when your spirit grows, every provision of God for your life will be manifested here, not in heaven, here on earth. Every provisional, because the Bible says that the things of God are spiritually received. 1 Corinthians 2, I think 14 or so, the things of God. The things of God. Whatever advice God is giving you. You are in a situation and you don't know whether to go to the left or to the right. You, and God is shouting and speaking. But your spirit has fasted so much that its ear has not developed. Can you imagine a baby born as a baby and remains a baby 14 years down the line. So how can you keep on saying God is not good to you when you can, whatever is telling you, your spirit has been neglected and therefore cannot receive. Is it? But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of the devil. For they are foolishness, and neither can he know them. You see, he doesn't receive them, but he can't also know them because they are spiritually discerned. Please, do we have other versions? 
So you tell me that you have been praying and God has not answered. How can he answer when he's speaking and you don't have ear to hear? Is this his fault? I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm not, I'm not here to excite you. No, 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 no. I'm not here to excite you at all. It's very far from that. I'm here to deliver a message. Telling us that we have to be thankful. And there's no way you can say you are thankful when the only thing that God gave to you and brought to you at expensive price is neglected absolutely by you. Oh, how can you say you are thankful for it? But people aren't people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. So are you understanding why you hear nothing from God? And whose fault is it? I said, whose fault is it? Now, if you were to walk on the road of being thankful, you would do what is right to your own life. Because, you see, listen, let, let's assume, let's assume that we don't even know what it, what it implies for us to attend to our spirit. Are you here with me? Let's assume that we don't know what it implies to attend to our spirit. But just the fact that we know that this is the only thing God has done in us. And therefore, we want to be thankful to God. So we are going to take care of our spirit. Just, just the thing that I, 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 I'm going to be thankful. Or I am thankful. And therefore, what God brought to my life, I'm not going to neglect it. I'll water it. I'll give it whatever it needs to be, to be there all the time. And always to look at it nicely. You see, without you knowing the effect of a mature spirit, the decision that I just want to be grateful, I just want to be appreciative of what God has done in my life. So that small thing that he has done, I want to take good care of it, will lead you to prosperity. That is one of the reasons why people who are thankful always have more. You see, thankfulness would make you do things which you may not be aware of what you are doing, but it will open more doors. Yeah. There are times where I've done very small things for people. Very small things. But the expression of gratitude is so overwhelming that I even decide to do even better things for them. Yeah. And if me, a man, just by a little expression of gratitude for something so insignificant makes me want to do more for you, how much more God? You see, the leper, the leper, the leper, they were 10. But you see, when he saw what had happened to him, and decided to go back to say thank you. He, he was not going 
back thinking that there is more. I said he was not going back thinking that there is more. He just went back to say thank you. But what happened to him was that he was told, you are made whole. Whatever it meant, I don't know. But what I know is, is, what I know is that it is different from being cleansed of the leprosy. And one of them, when he saw that he was saved, turned back with a loud voice, glorify God. And what did Jesus say? And fell down at it, giving him thanks. Giving him thank you. Thank you that at least I don't have to. That this leprosy is no longer progressive. Yes, it has eaten part of my body, but at least it has stopped eating it from today. I'm grateful. The Bible says, where are the, were there not ten, but only this guy. What did Jesus say to him? They are not found that come, please read, I'm reading. They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. What did Jesus say to him? The next verse. And he said to him, he didn't say to everybody. He didn't say to everybody. I said, he didn't say to everybody, but said to him, because him came. Him was the one who came. Not the ten. Him was the one who came. Arise and go. Thy faith has made thee whole. Whatever it means, I don't know. I said, whatever it means, I don't know. But Jesus said to him, that faith of yours, that makes you appreciate that my word is what has brought you this cleansing. It, that faith has made you complete. So I hope you're understanding it. So the journey, when you set your heart to say thank you, is going to lead you on journeys, is going to lead you to places that you don't know that these places actually are good places. I can tell you that, you see, me, I have all my shortcomings as a person in terms of personality. But one of the things that I, I find myself naturally doing is to appreciate what God has done for me and be thankful. So anything that is God, from, a student, from my student days, if it is God, I'm in it. Anything that is, like, to go to church. Look, there were, there were times where I would leave my lectures as a medical student because it's Tuesday and I need to go and prepare the clean the place for service. Meanwhile, my colleagues are having lectures. I'll leave the lecture and go and clean. Why? Why? Because when I look at my life, to even be in that lecture, Considering where I've come from, it's the goodness of God. So I, I held nothing back to do something in God's house. Nothing. Mm -hmm. is, you see, I, I, I'm not loving, you, you are right. I'm not sweet, you are right. But one thing that I know I am is that when it is God, I naturally am willing. 
Because I, it's like, for me, it's like I didn't have to be anywhere that I am. So when I have to, if this is all I can do to say thank you to God, please, let's not discuss it. I'll do it. Oh, yes. I'll do it. If it is God, oh, you, you, you have me in. But little did I know that in being thankful to God by getting myself involved in cleaning the church is going to lead to a series of steps that today my life, when I look at my life, is full of churches, congregation with buildings and things. Me. I didn't know. I didn't know that. But you see, what happens is that, that when you set your heart to be thankful, it leads you to take the right steps. Just as eh, the heart that I'm, I'm thankful to God. And I'm telling you, some of you, if you can hear what I'm saying, and decide, how can I neglect the only thing God has done in me? The only thing God has done in me. That is my reborn spirit. How can I neglect it? And still think I'm saying thank you to God. Look, I don't have anything to say. I don't have much money to give as offering. I'm not eloquent and all those things. But as for that which God has done in me, which is my spirit, reborn spirit, I'll take good care of it. And let's see what will happen to your life. I, I'm not a prophet, but what I know is that that decision will bring to your life things that you never imagined. You will sleep at hotels and places. People will pay for you. Do th- it's your life. Your life. You will like it. Amen. You will like it. Mm-hmm. You will like your life. I mean, some of you now, you don't really like your life. You have blocked a part of it away. You've blocked a part of it away. Because the things that are there on that chapter, it's not nice. But God has a way, as you do what is right, God has a way of making those chapters, the chapters that you always talk about. Wow. <laughs> you see, today, because you have not taken the right step, those chapters, you, when you talk about it, it's disgraceful. But you see, as you take the right step in thanking God, by just deciding that my spirit, I'll take good care of it. You'll be surprised that those chapters will be the selling point of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no idea. God is wonderful. But you just have to take care of that which he has done in you. I say, you just have to take care of that which he has done. So if you're here as a Christian, you don't have a Bible, and I'm saying what I'm saying again. I know. I said it yesterday. That you don't have a Bible. No, there's something wrong. Not a Bible, but you don't have a good Bible. And what do I mean by a good Bible? A study Bible. How do I know that you need a study Bible? Because that's what I got that changed me. It's not like I got it. The Lord showed me a revelation that if you get this Bible. I'm telling you, I was just a Christian like you. Doing everything you are doing. Like you. The only difference is that at a younger age, I paid the price to get a good Bible. A good Bible is a Bible that tells you a little bit more than just the verse. That, that's a good Bible. You see, a good Bible is a Bible 
that preaches to you, that explains the word of God to you, that tries to give you more light for you to understand. That's a good Bible. And I'll never change what I'm saying. I'll never change it. Because a good Bible is what will make the difference between you now and then. Oh, yeah. Because that's what made the difference for me. Our pastor, what about if I have a good Bible and I don't read it? Of course, it will not make a, a difference. Are you with me? Of course, it will not make a difference. But how can you read a good Bible when you don't have one? How can you read a good Bible when you don't have one? At least you have to have one first. For the Holy Spirit to tell you, read it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have it, how would you read it? So that's what I'm talking about. The having is very important. Once you have it, we will start the next phase. We will go to the next grade. The reading of it. And I'm not, I, I'm not stopping until I see you reading your Bible, your good Bible. I'm not going to stop. If you hear me preach anywhere and you are there, just know that this is what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> and listen, it doesn't matter where I start. This is my destination. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. So you can have an idea how my, all my preachings will end. Yeah, it doesn't matter where I start, I'll end here. Until I see that you are reading your Bible, you have a study Bible and you are reading it. And when I see that change, then I'll start praising God. Amen. You see, when that change starts coming in your life, then when we meet, it will be a praise and worship time. Until then, nothing will change. So if you don't, you, can, you, can, you have my preaching for the rest of my life. You, your Bible. Hallelujah. And many of you can get a Bible. Many of you can get a Bible. A good Bible. Oh, Bishop, it's expensive. It's true, it's expensive. It's true. I agree with you. It's expensive. But you have to make a plan to buy it. Yeah. I wish I could tell you, oh, no, it's not expensive. It is. It is expensive. Some of them are 1,000 plus. Oh, yes. The more excellent it is, the more expensive it is. Ah, uh, Bishop, are we, are we Bible school students? Are we Bible scholars? I'm trying to make one out of you. I'm trying to make one out of you. Yeah, that's a, if you like it, I'm trying to make one out of you. But it's how much I believe strongly that the day you start taking care of your spirit, that day you have begun to prosper. Amen. That day you have begun to open doors that will walk, you walk into blessings. That day you have begun to release power from heaven into your life. Your words, that day is the beginning of when your words you speak would come to pass. And so you have to be careful what you speak. When you read your Bible and you are always feeding your spirit, be careful what you say. Don't, don't be angry at people by heart. Because when you say it will happen. Oh yes, yes, yes. Well, because you have started to release the power of God into your life. So you can't, it's like you have, you have a live bullet in a gun and then you are firing it by heart. 
and you are expecting it not to kill because you didn't, you didn't plan to kill. Once you fire it, it will kill. So don't, don't, when you start those times, don't speak evil. Only speak life. Hallelujah. I want us to pray small before we continue. Are you ready to pray? What are we praying about? Lord, make us aware. Make us conscious of that which you have accomplished in us, which is our reborn spirit. And give us the grace to attend to our spirit by feeding our spirit regularly with your word. That's all we are praying for. And this is our way to say thank you for all that you've done in us. There's a song for all that you've done. I thank you for all that you're going to do. For all that you promised and all that you are is all that has carried me through. Jesus, I thank We cannot sing this song until we start taking care of our spirits. I said, we cannot sing this song. We have no right to sing this song until we start taking care of our spirit. But we want to have the right to sing this song. Because it's a song that appreciates what God has done for us. And we want to be able to sing it. And whatever it will take to make us be able to sing it by taking care of our spirit. Lord, help us. We want to be able to say thank you. I said we want to be able to say thank you. We don't want to come before your presence and you tell us we are hypocrites. And away, away with our offerings. Because we say one thing with our mouth and our heart is far from you. No. No, we want to come to you and be able to say thank you Lord and for you to hear from our hearts that we are thankful because the, you see the, Jesus said that out, out of our life out of our hearts or Solomon Warada said out of our hearts proceeds the issues of life he said guard your heart with all diligence for out of your life proceeds the issues out of your heart proceeds the issues of your life so listen what we what we what is happening in our lives is what is in our hearts so what you see that we are neglecting that what that which god has done in our lives in our day to the issues of our life our up and down movement all those things that we are neglecting what god has done in us what is in our heart is that we don't appreciate it. Are you here with me? That's what is in our hearts. But we want to change the story. I said we want to change the story. We want the evidence of what in our hearts be that which we say. So that when we stand before the Lord and we say for all that you have done, for all that you have done 
for taking us from the kingdom of darkness dying on the cross shedding your blood going through when it was difficult for you just so that I can be free I truly thank you the evidence of it is that what you did in my life I've never neglected it but I've invested all that I have in it because you gave all for me to have it oh yeah oh yeah he gave it all he he gave it all he gave it all for you to have what you have for your soul or for your spirit to be born again he didn't just cut his finger he gave up his majesty he gave up his his divine divine nature the bible says who being in the he said let this mind be in you which is was in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation please Philippians 2 5 let this mind let this mind you see so is you see is by trying to tell us how Christ's mind was working he was also telling us the cost the cost the cost the cost of your salvation the cost of my salvation he said, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ. Who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. But made, please go on quickly. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a man or the form of a servant. And being found in a fashion as a man or in the, made in a likeness, being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death even death on the cross in other words he became obedient unto death but not just death the lowest kind of death the most disgraceful kind because crucifixion was meant for thieves so he died like a thief he didn't die like a king he died like a thief why? so that you and I so that you and I so that you and I can be born again how can we say thank you? I said, how can we say thank you when we are neglecting the only thing that happened in us through all this price, the only thing that happened in us is for our spirit to be born again when we believe in Jesus. You can't neglect it and say you, you thank God. I said, you can't neglect it and say you thank God. You cannot say you thank God when that which he came to do in your life is not attended to, is neglected. If you don't hear anything, this is a message. You, until you start taking care of your spirit, you have not been thankful to God. Period. Period. Until you start taking care of your spirit, you are not thankful to God. Let me say it again. Until you start taking care of your spirit, you are not thankful to God. Don't ever be deceived and say that I'm thankful to God. You are not. But we want to pray, Lord, we are sorry. We didn't know it like this. We just thought we were busy and life was moving very fast and things. But Lord, now that by your spirit you have told us the truth we repent of everything we repent of our ways there's no excuse just justifies the neglecting of our spirit if we are to say thank you 
or if we are to be thankful to you there's no excuse Lord therefore help us help us to walk righteously before you by being thankful in our hearts and with evidence of diligent attention to our spirit let's stand to our feet thank you Lord. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.